The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Marquita Johnson is a graduate of Mercer University with a Master of Science in Community Counseling and Master of Divinity. Marquita received her undergraduate degree from Georgia State University in Psychology and Sociology. She is a licensed professional counselor in Georgia, a nationally certified counselor, a distance credentialed counselor, speaker, and dating coach. She has a private practice located in the heart of Atlanta and another satellite location just south of the city. She offers online counseling and coaching. Her specialty includes women's issues, millennials, career, dating, divorce, stepfamilies, and grief counseling. In an effort to promote healthy relationships, Marquita offers coaching services to help millennials who are dating and in relationships. While working as a college counselor, she found that students were struggling with intrapersonal and interpersonal relationships. Hence, she has embraced the call as Atlanta's millennial dating coach. In her spare time, she enjoys volunteering, visiting new restaurants, and traveling. Family, let's welcome Marquita to the Minding My Black Business Podcast. Welcome, Welcome to Minding My Black Business. All right, family, on today's podcast, oh my goodness, you're in for a treat. We are here with Marquita Johnson, the millennial dating coach, um, and she is about to help all of us uh, put our lives together. Uh, so before I get into all of my questions that I have, welcome to Minding My Black Business, Marquita. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Dr. Taylor, for having me. It's my absolute pleasure to be here today. There is not any other way I can imagine spending my Friday than talking to your podcast listeners. You know what? I am so happy you're here with me on this Good Friday. Um, we're about to usher into this weekend, and we're about to we're what we're officially real full fledged into the holiday season. So I have so many questions for you, but I'm gonna pause those questions. And <laughs> before we do that, can you um, introduce yourself to the family? Um, tell us about you and your business, and then where they can find you. Absolutely. So I'm Arquita Johnson. I'm a licensed professional counselor, nationally certified counselor. I have a master's of divinity, a master's in science, a bachelor's of arts in psychology and sociology. You can tell like I had a hard time narrowing down, right? I just love, <laughs> love my education. And I do like I, I feel like I'll be a lifelong kind of student in a sense. Um, I love to absorb that knowledge and um, not keep it to myself, but go out and share it with others. So that's that's why I'm here today. Um, I've been doing therapy now for a decade. And I tell people I sound young, I look young, and I am young. I, you I found my passion early in life, and I've been able to stick with it and just um, enjoy the journey. And um, that's why I'm here today to talk about millennials and relationships in all aspects, like work relationships, intimate relationships, friendships, families, nothing is off limits, but most importantly, the relationship that they have with themselves is of supreme importance. So 
that's kind of who I focus in on. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, I have a private practice here in the Atlanta area. I'm a Georgia peach, so I'm a homegrown girl. Yes. Um, and I have my practice here in Atlanta right now. I also have a second location. I provide online counseling um, and coaching. So if you're not in Georgia, because I'm licensed only in Georgia, I can provide coaching services to individuals that may be struggling with their relationships, struggling with their whole life identity you know mm -hmm. around this age we start to have what I call a quarter life crisis but mm -hmm. somebody had already coined it before I did I got <laughs> to it. um and it's a very interesting time in life kind of that 18 to 34 ish you know mm -hmm. millennial kind of age group so it's just great to be here and I'm looking forward to answering these questions and learning hey. more about how I can support minding my black business I know that's right <laughs> I know that's right so in addition to your offices and then your online um, coaching services, I know you have some social media pages and um, can you share the family, share with the family about those pages as well? Absolutely. I kind of always forget about stuff like that because you know, when you're doing so much, you're like, oh yeah. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Millennial Dating Coach, um, where you can receive like relationship tidbits and all of these jewels that I drop. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also a speaker and I'm looking forward to authoring my very first book next year. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes. That's yes. so wonderful. Yay. Okay. Well, we know we got to scoop that up. Yes. Right. And make sure you follow me. Yeah, definitely follow me. Um, and you'll get some great information. I mean, very timely, inspirational. And I got a lot of events coming up. So, you know, you'll get that firsthand because I love giving my Instagram family the firsthand yes. at uh, all of my events. So, yeah, absolutely. Follow me. That's perfect. So what I'll do is I will include... Um, all of this information in terms of how the family can get in contact with you because I have a sneaking suspicion. Um, as soon as it hits the, the airwaves, you will be getting all sorts of likes and follows and phone calls. So um, making sure I put that in the show notes. So in case they happen to be in a space where they can't write it down or go to it directly, that they can access this when they get a free opportunity. Yes, so absolutely. Yes. And the website is millennialdatingcoach.com. So I make it easy. Everything's pretty much the same. So okay. you can Okay. That's, that's perfect. That's perfect. So how did this become... You talked about your very educational experiences, but it sounds like in terms of the practice piece, relationships and um, sort of improving those or having healthy relationships with this, you know, with yourself or with others. How did that become your niche? How did that become your specialty? How did that, how did that come to you? You know, I guess people always say like, you just know when you know, like mm -hmm. when you found the one that you love and the person you want to marry, like you just know it. Mm -hmm. And um, I started, funny thing, I started to, a little over two years ago, I was working as a crisis, um, suicide crisis line worker for four and a half years. I absolutely, wow. some of the best work that I've ever done in my life, some amazing people that work there and kind of are in the trenches. Mm -hmm. So um, I was looking for a change. Like I, I do get bored easily. So I was looking for a change. I was like, I need to do something different. And uh, a colleague was leaving their position. They said, hey, we got an opening at a two-year university uh, institution are you interested? And I was like, yeah, okay. Sounds right. different. I can do that. 
And um, it was my love. Like I, I went onto that campus and it was something about not being a student, but still kind of being a student in the sense that, again, I look young. So mm-hmm. the students would always mistake me, professors. Nice, nice. <laughs> and I still get that. So I appreciate that. Right. But, um, not being so far removed and being approachable and definitely being a person of, of color, um, it was just all of these kind of things that came together. And we did a lot of outreach where I was speaking a lot at the new student orientations and just speaking about topics, suicide prevention, um, body positivity, uh, LGBTQIAA, mm-hmm. and just a lot of different things that I felt like, oh, I f- like this is the trifecta for me. I found the place, like this is my, this is my home. And it was just right. such a great feeling. And um, in working with my students, I figured out like a lot of them had problems with relationships. Mm -hmm. When I just explored that more as a counselor does, I dig deep, I dug a little deeper. um, And I figured out that they had problems with their relationships with themselves, like a lot of just identity stuff, a lot of, you know, um, just questioning things in life, like at a very, a very pivotal time in their lives it was a great time to be in that space but also using time because it's easy to get lost Mm -hmm. when you're overwhelmed so I just really focused on helping my students find that sense of their identity and really helping them get a stability on their life paths like just really exploring that so it was amazing like to Mm -hmm. find that I I felt like I had won the lottery really (laughs) that's that's oh it okay so uh (laughs) you said so many nuggets I'm just like you know filing them away um so so yeah I've I've I have uh, spent some time working on college campuses and so I can so identify with what you're talking about in terms of um, I remember just sort of enjoying the energy of uh, what was going on. There was always something new, uh, right. uh, whether even if it was just new lingo, <laughs> it was always something new happening. And so I, I felt like that kept me fresh and, and, um, and sort of informed the work, the clinical work um, that you get to do, even if it's, you know, presenting or whatever you're doing. So um, as you talked about what it meant to just sort of be on campus and do your presentations and do your, your clinical work, I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I remember that feeling. I really, really do. So what do you think? And, and it's, a, it's an interesting spot, I think, for um, millennials. I feel like I straddled the fence between a millennial and the a Gen Xer, but um, so because like sort of in that, the younger part of that, when you're, you know, you're 18 and your early twenties and you're at college or you have decided to enter right into the job for it, right. yeah. um, you don't really know what's happening and, uh, not saying that, you know, you have that much more clarity 10 years after that, but, uh, <laughs> right. you're expected to sort of make a lifelong commitment as such a right. young age. And um, I know you mentioned a few moments ago about helping folks explore their relationship with themselves. And so what does that look like in your work or what have you encountered as like the things that that people need to most know when it terms when it comes to sort of being really real with yourself? Yeah. And and what I find is. That's an excellent question to ask because it's our, we call them our intrapersonal relationships, which Mm -hmm. is you, like your relationship you have with yourself when nobody else is around, like 
what do you see when you look in the mirror what do you see what comes out and jumps out for you because that's so key when we get into relationships with other people because you know, I may notice when I'm around such and such, like I'm good. They bring out, you know, the very best. They kind of help enhance me. But when I'm around other people, like I feel like I'm like less than, I'm not enough, mm. you know. So really just dealing with that dance So how to balance that without mm-hmm. taking away from who you really are and really knowing, embracing and appreciating who you are and what you have to bring to the table because mm-hmm. our life revolves around relationships. Like we can't escape them. Absolutely. And so really wanting to be effective in that. And I have three points and three tips to help millennials create satisfying relationships with themselves and others. And that first one is being Mm self-aware. Like um, millennials are self-aware, but they're not good at self-care. So they're very mm. self-aware, and that's mm-hmm. mine's. That's mine's, Dr. Taylor. So no, no, no. I got it. I got it. I got it. TM, TM. I got it. <laughs> so yeah, they uh, they're really good. They're very self-aware, you know, about politics and about what's going on in the world. Like they're very in tune with that. But I find they lack self-care. Like when I ask you know, my millennials or clients or students or whomever, you know, how do you care for yourself? Like what are the things that you do to bring yourself home to take Mm -hmm. care of yourself so that you can make sure you're not giving kind of out of a deficit you're giving out of a surplus Mm -hmm. so oftentimes they don't really know what that looks like like they think oh i'm hanging out with my friends i'm like okay that's good but Mm -hmm. what are you doing to pour back into yourself like what are you doing for you and they're like, oh, I don't know, go shopping or, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. no, you have to really get in tune with, you can't really show somebody how to take care of you if you're not taking care of you. Right. Because people are watching you. And if you're saying, well, I don't understand why this relationship isn't working out. I don't understand why this person treats me this way. How are you treating yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to look at, I'm showing people how to treat me based off of how I treat myself. They're watching, they're taking notes, they're mm-hmm. doing it all. Um, and if I'm treating myself bad and I'm treating myself less than, then it gives that other person essentially permission to mm-hmm. treat me the same way. Oh my goodness. It, okay. I so that's expect, still one. I, I, wasn't, that's one. I, know, I know it's two more, but hold on. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to preach. Okay. So. I got your MD now. I'm readjusting. I'm <laughs> readjusting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't wave my hand a few times. So <laughs> because I also think as you as you make this point, um, is I think when people get to a place where they are doing that self-care in a really consistent way, people will self-eliminate themselves. Um uh, and they realize like, oh yeah, I can't even, I can't even rock with him. I can't even mm-hmm. rock with her um, for whatever right. reason. They so, put themselves out the race. Out that, hello? You right. don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry <laughs> right. about showing them to the door. They show themselves to the door. Right. You don't even have to do it. You don't even have yeah. to do it. Okay. So what's point two? I'm ready. I'm ready. Point two is being in the moment. So this mm-hmm. goes back to oftentimes millennials have been referred to as an anxious kind of generation because we in a sense, have had so much at our fingertips. Like we got so much going on. We have access to so much more than any other generation, except the ones that are coming behind us. But, you know, we were kind of the first ones to have that. So being, being in the moment is very important. Like, um, 
I find a lot of millennials are future oriented, which mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. But again, we got to balance that with something. So we can't be living in the past or living in the future. We really need to focus on the moment, the present and what we can do about what's in front of us right now, because that's going to impact our future mm-hmm. um, in ways. But if we are already in the future, we're missing what we can do today. So mm-hmm. being very much present and in the moment. Right. Oh, my goodness. You're absolutely correct. I know that's a message we don't get enough. It's just to sort of focus on what's happening like right around you. And so that shows itself in the clinical work. I know I spent a good amount of time, um, you know, talking about grounding and having people just sort of um, pay attention to their body and what it's saying to you and all those good things. And so that somatic therapy, that somatic experience. That's it. Mixing it, it won't lie. It, right. it won't. That's it. So <laughs> you're so right. You're so right. And um, and social media for all of its wonderful things, I think plays a, a good role in that. In terms of like, what's the next thing? Right. Um, what's the next best thing? Like right. the iPhone. You know, the new one. Like right. I, so, so yeah, in terms of the equipment and even the way that we interact with it, like there's constant right. like, notifications. Right. Give the perception as oh i must be behind if i don't know this um yeah. I'm not in it's, the a, it's uh, a demand on us and it's a right. pull so that's right. why it goes back to the first point like that self-care that balance mm-hmm. or i like to call it harmony is important mm-hmm. because it looks different for everybody like somebody mm-hmm. may look at my life and say that's not balanced but i get six to eight hours of sleep pretty much every night no matter what because i know mm-hmm. that if i don't do that like you don't want me sitting in front of you. As your you don't want to see me. If I'm hangry, you don't want me to sit in front of you because you're going to be a different Miss Johnson. Like, it's going to be a totally different person. So I know I about that. myself. Right. So I have to take good care of myself so I can be more available uh, to my purpose and my passion and what I really want to do with my life and have more direction. I don't feel so all over the place and no place, you know. Right. And that self-care is not indulgent or a luxury. It is necessity. Yep. I'm with you. Necessity. Uh, Yeah. I'm converted. Okay. So what's... We can go ahead and close the door. Right. I mean, just go ahead and get the choir selection, you know? Right, right, right. So (laughs) what is point number three? Um, The final one would be not allowing your mistakes to define you, really embracing them as resiliency. So a part of that is oftentimes in our lives, we look at the mistakes or the failures and we allow them to define us. We like stick them on us and we carry them around. And when we do so, we're not really looking at the opportunity or the lesson in that particular situation or experience. So I really focus on embracing mistakes, embracing them so you can learn from them. We push back on them. And when we do that, we're actually denying that they like embrace them because there's something there for you to learn. Like any mistake or lesson in my life has been a learning experience. And I shared with some of my students, I said, um, I remember applying to come to work at a job at a college and realizing I failed economics Mm. in undergrad. Mm. Like, what if I would allow that one F to define, it was probably the only one I made, but that one thing to define me and hold me back and say, I'm not good enough. Like I'll, Mm. I'll never be successful in life. If I would allow that, I wouldn't be here today. Like that would have been a total waste for me to do that. Instead, I embraced it and said, what is it about this time in your life that, 
maybe you didn't apply yourself or, or maybe you didn't get the information and you didn't reach out for help, like what was going on. So I learned from that and I really allowed it to help propel me to get to a better place. Cause after that, a sister was on it. Like I was in the tutor lab, I was doing everything, right. um, but it kind of helped something inside of me grow and push on me a little bit further than I think I would have ever done. And I didn't allow it to define who I was, like how smart I was. I knew it didn't define that. But oftentimes I see like students are just people that life working, they allow one mistake, like one setback or, or a couple of setbacks to define who they are. And it just stifles them. You know, they get stuck in that place and they feel like I can't move on and then you get this whole imposter syndrome going where you feel like you know people gonna find me out because I'm not as really good as I think I am and just Mm -hmm. really not embracing all parts of you the good the bad the not so good the the uh, up the down all around and just really saying this is me like all of me and I can embrace this and accept this and love on this Mm -hmm. and appreciate this and really um, get in tune with who I am and what I have to offer I think you put yourself at an advantage when you really know yourself and you really are able to embrace who you are Mm -hmm. you put yourself at an advantage because you don't let other people tell you who you are and who you're not you're very clear about that so when somebody comes to you with something that's not in line with what you know to be true Mm -hmm. you easily dismiss that you don't spend time on that (laughs) you're so right you are so right yes okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Yeah, I mean, even as you were talking about that, I was just thinking about, because I know I've had this conversation this week with somebody about forgiveness Um, and not forgiving others, but just forgiving yourself. So, you know, um, for those who are walking around, and I'm thinking specifically about millennials who are also entrepreneurs. So we're talking about a highly motivated group of folks um, who sometimes are paving a way where there isn't one. Um, They're in in industries where they're the only, what I like to call chocolate chip in the room. And so, um, you know, you can very much get caught up in that comparison trap like you were talking about. Um, But sometimes someone else's path is not, it's not yours. And the, you know, if you get to a point where there's a roadblock, being able to, you know, forgive yourself. Um, So yeah, I'm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and said, you know, people oftentimes don't entirely forgive others so easily. Like mm-hmm. they give us so much mercy and grace. Don't but they? when it comes to them, like they be like, no, uh, uh-uh. like, right. and I'm like, why would you freely give that to somebody else? That gift that you're right. giving away to somebody else, and you won't even unwrap it for yourself like unwrap that forgiveness give yourself a little more forgiveness um you know especially as an entrepreneur because it's a roller coaster out here okay okay (laughs) (laughs) Okay. today i'm up but tomorrow i don't know (laughs) i'm in it for the long haul because i know somebody needs what i have and for me that's my driving motivation like i know someone out there um, feels like their situation is hopeless, whether that's with their mental health or, mm-hmm. you know, their spiritual health. Like they feel like I can't figure all of this out as millennials. Like, who am I going to love? What am I going to do with my life? Um, what career path am I going to choose? Like so many things just all at one on you. Right. And you just feel like I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like I want to help them feel empowered to know like you can do this. And yes, we might got, we might have to crawl up out of this and that's mm-hmm. okay. Like, We'll crawl. 
Like as long as I'm getting here and um, something that I like to focus on is that a child never falls down and says, I guess I won't walk again. Like, I guess that's it. Like they fall down millions of times probably and they get back up, you know? And so to me, I was like, Oh, that's inspiration. Like, I have to do this. So there is mm-hmm. nothing else. So I got to just keep going at it. And even if I get a little bruised or, you know, I get a little tired, that's okay. I'm going to get right. back up. I'm going to get right. back up. <laughs> Absolutely. Because yes. this is- <laughs> right. You got to have that faith in yourself uh, right. or and that trust in yourself that, you know, right. um, I have my back. And yeah. um, trusting that ability in yourself mm-hmm. and trusting the process of it all. Right. Right. That's what it is. That's it. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> oh, you created so many more questions, but I'm enjoying <laughs> this. So, uh, <laughs> when you think about millennials and entrepreneurship, what are some things that um, come up for you in terms of like, and this might echo some of the things that you've already said, but some things that they, that they need to know. Um, so millennials who decide to take on owning businesses? Well, I think one is to know your skill set, know your gift and like really operate in that and get help for the things that you don't know. Um, I feel like millennials, again, are very self-aware people mm-hmm. like they are able to reach out, but sometimes they have a tendency to isolate too on that same note. Like when oh, they yeah. get like under pressure, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm unraveling or cracking in front of everybody. So really being able to get that village, that tribe around you to support you and uplift you. Um, okay. I've been more intentional about doing that because I felt like, especially sometimes with African-American women, we have this super, super woman syndrome, mm-hmm. that I like to call, but that cape yeah. will choke the life out of you. Move like it, it really will. It's it really will. Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to be careful about that and look at um, surrounding yourself with other people that are supportive of you, Mm -hmm. that can help uplift you and contribute to help you building your dream because you can't do it alone. Like Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, you cannot do it alone. And vacations, self-care, take care of yourself. Find ways to integrate that into your life because that's life. It's vitally important. It's not something you can, you know, push off. You have to take care of yourself. So just stand in your lane, take Mm -hmm care of yourself and really um looking at like how to give back you know i think that's one of the most important ways that we can do something with our lives is reaching back and giving something to others i I like a lot of quotes so um someone said giving back is rent for living you know Mm -hmm. so i think that's key Mm -hmm. you know you have to be able to reach back and give back and help others in ways that you wish somebody may have helped you and i'm i'm really big on that i do a lot of volunteering and even mentoring other upcoming counseling students like i'm so because i didn't really have that and if Mm -hmm. i did they didn't really look like me you know Mm -hmm. so i want to be able to do so and see someone doing what they love and their passion and maybe you know just really jumping out and embracing opportunities and and daring to be different, like daring to do something different, creating your own merchandise line, writing your own book, right. doing your own trainings, creating something like out of nothing. I'm with building a legacy. I know like, that's right. I'm building a legacy. Come on, that generational wealth. I hear you. I hear you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So I am... Um, 
So we're recording this right now, and it is we're days away from the end of uh, December and those holidays. Um, by the time this hits, hits the listeners' ears, we will um, be in very, very early January. And so I'm thinking about um, what we all do to ourselves <laughs> when the <Right>. year turns. New <laughs> <laughs> Year's resolutions. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so what are your, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, because I feel a little conflicted because I think, you know, the start of the new year is a nice way to sort of think of like all the possibilities. Like 2018 is, is because it's just starting. It's just nothing but full of possibilities. Um, but then at the same token, you can sort of get yourself caught up much like, like you were saying, either by slinging on a cape that doesn't belong to you or right. <laughs> creating a situation um, that's not really that doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room that you sort of get in that space where you're not able to, you get caught up and, and might have to wind up making a U-turn or a left turn where you thought it was a right turn. So what would you say to, um, I'm thinking specifically for like millennials and entrepreneurs as they sort of forge into this new year. Um, how do you think that they should, sort of set the set the tone for themselves what do you think are some things that would be helpful well me personally dr taylor i love vision boards um mm. as opposed to resolutions kind of things yeah. um and doing so in a group setting because to me that holds you accountable like you have somebody sort of accountable in a sense um to keep you to those things that you're kind of creating because to me a, a vision board is like I'm creating my vision. Whereas New Year's resolution sometimes is not so much. So, right. Um, <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I, I like the I'm um, creating my vision for 2018. Like, what do I see myself doing? How do I see myself impacting others? Like, mm-hmm. what is it that is pulling on me in this year? And maybe looking at three central themes to focus on. So that way you don't get like totally overwhelmed with mm-hmm. it and feel like I'm not accomplishing anything. Right. And you know, I'm a therapist by trade, so I like these therapy terms, but I, I break them down. Like, right. I like chunking. Right. You know, you make it something small and like bite size, like a little bite size mini Snickers as yeah. opposed to like the big ones. So you want to create some things that are bite size so that when you achieve those, then you get that motivation, that momentum going. You're like, hey, I'm doing something mm-hmm. now. And um, you get that traction going. So you're really good then about keeping that going because oftentimes when we get disappointed or something doesn't quite go the way that we expected, we like slide all the way down. But other times I feel we're setting ourselves up for failure when we create like goals that are up to the ceiling and we're just kind of starting off on the ground. Like we got to do those step-by-step things. So we don't uh, set ourselves up for failure. We set ourselves up for success. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the important thing. So the vision boards to me is a go. You mm-hmm. can even do it on your phone and save it as your screensaver. So oh, that way you have yeah. something that you're looking at every single day. They have apps for vision boards. So, you know, there's no excuse. It. You can go old school with the poster and I do, I still do that. Right. Um, yeah. But you know, you can really create and cast your vision for 2018. And I think that's a lot different compared to new year's resolutions you know which right. none of us pretty much get those. okay we we get them the first month all the gyms are packed right. you know therapists you can't get in with them all right. kind of people 
at church, you know. Right, right. Everybody's real popular in January. So you mentioned as part of the the vision board and whether that's, you know, whether you choose to do it digitally or, um, you know, on a poster board or whatever, is that, um, you know, doing it in a circle of folks. And so um, I'm making an assumption, but I think part of that is uh, these are people who are like support of your, a part of your support network or maybe even like-minded individuals. Um, and so for those who are sort of struggling, cause that sometimes is, a, is, is something that happens from, you know, transitioning from one year to the next is evaluating those friendships to see who gets to come with me to 2018. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. And I think that's something that continually is a process in life mm-hmm. of evaluating where you are and then looking at who's around you to see, right. are these people helping contribute to the dream and the goal mm-hmm. and supporting or are they like dead weight? Like they holding me back. They holding me right. down. Like that's integral in relationships because mm-hmm. in any relationship, it should be growing. Like mm-hmm. if it's stagnant, it's dead. Like, right. it, you know, so just really looking at and evaluating, I definitely think that's a part of the process. Yeah, that's it. So how would, how would someone know if a friendship we could be talking about a friendship. We could be talking about family members. We could be talking about a, a relationship. How would someone be able to tell that uh, either this person is dead weight or uh, the relationship is dead weight? Like what would be happening um, in order for them to, to come to that realization? I think a few things happen when we're in unsatisfying unhealthy kind of draining relationships one you feel it like your mm-hmm. energy you feel that pull um even when i'm around negative people like i feel that pull like after they leave me like i feel that drain or i feel empty. Mm-hmm. i'm like what is it what was going on with that right. you know with that person so you know I think really paying attention to your own self, you know, how do I feel when I'm around this person kind of what energy level and when they leave my presence, do I feel better or do I feel worse kind of Mm. evaluating that. And then the other thing is sometimes, you know, my grandmother would say, and sometimes I'm like, man, I really feel old when I do that, but this stuff is true. Like Mm -hmm. birds of a feather flock together. Like, uh, and you have to really be careful because things rub off on us. Like even when we don't know it just by hanging around and being around certain people and their ideas and their kind of spirit and their Mm -hmm. vibe, you know, we start to, you know, vibe that way too. So just being really careful about people that are always like in a crisis or always, you know, something's always going on bad in their life. Like Mm -hmm. I know we all got bad days, but you know, some people is always doom and gloom. And even if you offer them an alternative or solution, like they're not even wanting to take it. Like they're really about playing the victim role and just really uh, down about life. So I think that's a good, way to kind of evaluate Mm -hmm. and then also looking at do these people push me you know do they kind of help me grow you know because I think we don't really want to grow all the time in the sense that growth can be painful but it's necessary Mm -hmm. so are the people that I'm surrounded by do they kind of propel me and push me to grow do I see myself growing and thriving or do I see myself kind of just staying you know in the same place or them maybe even being jealous about where I am and trying to pull me you know down so I really got to ask myself are they 
here to support me? And can they give me a, a hard truth? Like any right. friendship that I have and that I, I am uh, thankful and grateful for, like there's been some difficult times. Like there have been some pushing on me and um, in the sense that they press on me to be better mm-hmm. or they, um, they open up something that maybe to my eyes that I'm like, Ooh, I knew that was there, but I didn't know you knew that was there. Right. You saw that too, huh? Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. I, I got to deal with that. So somebody right. that can really be honest and open with me, um, because to me, that's love. That's real love. Like when you're mm-hmm. able to say, I love you so much that I'm willing to put our friendship on the line because right. I want you to grow. Like, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you like, this is good. I know this is not good for you. And I love you enough to see you going in the wrong direction to come walk alongside of you and turn you by <laughs> turn your butt around like right. i'm not just gonna see you walking in the wrong direction and be like oh well i guess you'll figure it out like to me that takes that takes a lot of courage to do that because that person can say i don't want to talk to you no more you know i don't want you to be my friend i don't want to be in a relationship with you no more or i don't want you know you to ever talk to me you always run that risk but you would hope that that person appreciates and sees that i cared about you this much that i'm willing to go there mm-hmm. um and yeah, sometimes it cuts deep, but yes. we gotta go deep if we want gotcha. something meaningful. Like That's we have it. to be yeah, we have to be vulnerable if we want something meaningful meaningful. Otherwise it's kind of pseudo, it's fake. It's like that surface level stuff. And everybody at the core of who we are, like we really wanna be fully known and fully embraced and accepted for who we are. Mm-hmm. All of our quirks, all of our, you know, things about us that you know, they said other people running. Like we all want to be loved and embraced and accepted, you know, on that main level. So yeah, I would ask entrepreneurs to ask themselves those questions and really to see, you know, is this person liking my post, sharing my stuff? You know, friends mm-hmm. do that, buying my stuff. I bought I bought because my thing is you'll know if I love you because right. I'm supporting you. Like mm-hmm. you can be like, I'm about to take this to the moon and I'm like, okay, what what you need? <laughs> right, right, right. I'm ready. You need, ready. Money. <laughs> you need a lunch. Like I got you. Like right. that, that's just how deep um, my loyalty goes. So I'm like, oh, this my friend. I'm, I'm riding for them. Like right. as long as they're not doing nothing illegal, I'm riding. Right. <laughs> right. I don't look good in orange. Orange is right. No, not for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You make a good point that you can love somebody, but you it's important to love them with limits. You ain't gotta right. fall off the cliff. Boundaries. Yes. Right. <laughs> boundaries. Boundaries. Yes, right. ma'am. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh Marquita, I feel like I could talk to you all day. Um, but I know you got stuff to do. <laughs> I, was like, I got 15 more questions, but that's not you could have me to come back. That's what I look. Hmm, I was just about to say that. I was like, I think that's what that means is that this is just yeah. this is part one, and then we'll do part two at another time. Uh, because yeah, I yeah, you have been phenomenal, and um, you have definitely said a word, and uh, so this is gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to hear um, how how. Forward how people respond to it. Uh, but before you go and um, I want to check in. And uh, so I'm always curious, what does minding my black business mean to you? I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, um, for 
me minding my black business means supporting my black business supporting the um the foundation of building something greater than just us here today like building that legacy for our children and our children's children like really changing our family tree mm-hmm. and um for me I'm a single parent so you know that's very important to me my son sees like what I'm doing as an entrepreneur now and it makes me so proud that he supports me and he sees this but also I'm, I'm having conversations with him now about business ideas like mm-hmm. what do you want to do with your life like you know what skill sets and things like that like I'm not waiting until he gets in his teens or mm-hmm. you know um, 20 or 30 I'm like baby we could do this right now yeah. like <laughs> so I think that's yeah, that's what it means to me. It's like being really supportive and embracing all of our gifts and talents because we're we're amazing people, mm-hmm. like so talented in arts and the creatives and, and intellectual and spiritual. Like we got mm-hmm. the best of all the world. So, yes, you know, and just really finding ways that we can nurture that and, and really um, not only for ourselves, though, but for the generations to come after us, because then it makes it all worthwhile, all of our struggles and everything it makes it worthwhile. So laying that, that foundation down for them and letting them know that it's possible. So that's what it means to me. Oh (laughs) my goodness. Oh, I felt like I just had a good meal. That was, that was, that was it. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. I've had fun today. Me too. Thank you for, for being here for your first time. This is not your last, it's your first. So thank you so much, Marquita, and I appreciate you coming on by and minding your black business. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. So if you want to know more and you like what you heard, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Also, follow the movement on our website, mindingmyblackbusiness.com. And on our Facebook and Instagram pages under Minding My Black Business and on Twitter under Minding My Black Biz. So peace and blessings to us all, family. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, let them know that you're minding my black business.